0: Guys, welcome back to MDA. John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, no Tom panels this week. We're flying solo, JM. We have
1: an empty chair here for Tom.
0: <laughs> he's been It was respected,
1: Tom, because this, it's not MDA without Tommy here. We love him to death, but uh, he will be back, I suspect, next week. Yeah, he's talking back Talking with next our week. listeners, but hopefully we have thousands of people eager to hear what perhaps this week's topic is.
0: I thought this was an important Question to bring up today, but recently I was at a session with you, and we were kind of were in the room, and I heard you say something that to our agent group that really struck a chord with me. Mm -hmm. You were talking about the skills of agents back in the day and the real skills that agents need today. Um, What did you mean by that?
1: Yeah, I think I called it Troy the real skills, and and my, I guess the implication was perhaps the skills you need today are different from the skills you needed Mm -hmm. yesterday. And I think, yeah, to some degree, the obvious ones there are around things like social media. Today, if you're an agent, and let's call it technology, data, digital, social media, is not a part of your menu, you're about to become a dinosaur, whether you like that or not. And some people are sitting there, oh, I've never had to use social media in 30 years of selling real estate. Well, guess what? Now you do. Um, And you need to be expert around a whole range of things. So um, it was talking about that, and, and I think, Troy, that was where I was talking also a little bit about, which might kind of set the tone, is success by accident. So I think there's been a lot of people over the last few years that have been working for good companies and they're good people and they've been uh, embedded by or enveloped by a great market and they've been out there and property has, to some degree, been selling itself. Not always for the best price, but it sells itself you know, in a bull market. And a lot of people have kind of looked pretty successful and I think if you peek behind the curtains, maybe they haven't been doing what it's gonna take going forward, let's say, to be mega successful. So, success by accident is sometimes you can actually fall upon success, become to a degree successful, um, without being highly organized, highly planned, even highly skilled, Troy. So, I guess what I'd love to start, and, and this might be just the one today where we talk about what are those skills that are required, but from a planning perspective, Maybe when Tommy's back next week, we do a little bit around, okay, so what is a, in, in 2018 and beyond, what does a, a prospecting plan look like so you don't do it by accident? Because so many agents, and even our guys that I'm talking to regularly, and I think they are generally a little bit better skilled than probably you know, many others in the industry because you know, people like yourself and, and others are working on that on a daily basis, so... You know, I, I ask about, you know, what's your point of difference? Here we are across the kitchen table. You've come in. I like your presentation. I think McGrath's a good company, but if there are other three or four companies I'm talking to that are credible, why would I list with you? And, and I, I see too many blank stares. Mm. I hear too many things which are not profound which is winging it. And by the way, you know you can get away with that in certain markets if you're working for a certain brand. But if you want to build an incredibly successful business, a Peter Chauncey, a Matt Steinway type of business, you need a plan. Yep. No more winging it going forward, especially in this market. You also need a set of skills, Troisi, that I think slightly different. There's definitely overlap from the past, so let's talk through those. So the first one that I talked about in that session, because I've got the list here in front of me, was Mm. energy and urgency. So energy is what people buy. Um, They feel it in you, they see it in you, they hear it in your phone calls, they read it in your text messages, they read it in you. You're either spectacular, excited, enthusiastic, energised and a, a, a magnet for good things, or you're kind of a little bit lower energy. And nearly every agent that I know has a strong energy. Now, you look at Pete Chauncey as an example, and, and I don't want to overwork Pete as an example, but you know, some people would say, well, he's not Tony Robbins. Like, you don't, yeah. he doesn't lift you off, the, uh, off your chair when you're there, but he has very calm, positive, confident energy about him. So I think you, know, th- you don't have to be some sort of a hyper energetic person, although sometimes that energy is attractive too. But you need to have great, solid, consistent energy with everything you do. And the urgency bit is, people no longer want to wait. I was talking to one of our guys yesterday and I said, tell me in this process what happens <clears throat> because it had been brought to my attention that um, on a project, I'll give you the specifics, it's not too personal or private, but on a project that we were selling and, and uh, if a buyer comes along and needs a home loan, then the agent handling the project refers that onto our head of home loans who then ref- refers it into a home loan broker. And, and I said to the head of home loans, why, why doesn't the agent just send it straight to the broker? If the, That's assuming the broker is not there on, on site. And he said, well, you know, kind of just in case we need to sort of send it to someone that's in their particular part of the world. Um, and I said, what is the time? And he said, oh, it's good. It's, he said, it usually gets them within two hours. And I said, that's not good. Mm. And I said, Alan, two hours is no good. Two minutes is good. Yeah. So I, I had to recalibrate his thinking. And by the way, Alan, great guy, lovely bloke, brilliant on around home loans. But he had a view that two hours was a good response time. I don't believe that is any longer appropriate. I think two minutes is a good response time, two seconds even better. So I think urgency and that. So to do that, Troy, let's just unpack that a bit. That means you have to figure out what are people likely to want to get from you at any point? Sellers, buyers. Yep. You know, assuming you're an agent listening or a principal. So, what are they going to want? They're going to want contracts. They're going to want building reports. They're going to want names of trades and suppliers that you want. They're going to want floor plans of the property you're representing. Uh, they're going to want a whole heap of things. They want a 10 tips on how to present your home. So, my question is, how organised are you? So, when someone says, hey, I'd l- have you got any information on how I can best present my home? Because yeah. I don't have the money to afford a stylist but I'd love some expert tips. Bang, you've got to like, go to your iPhone or your iPad and just send it right away because that's like real-time good time.
0: The other one on that, John, oh, there's a famous story about Matt Steinway and his team. They do shift work on every single email inquiry that comes through to REA yep. online as a portal. So at any point in time...
1: So it's almost like 24-7 stuff, 24/7. right? 24-7. Hopefully not literally 24-7. No, not literally 24-7. <laughs> knowing that, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing that I got is when people are most searching property is probably they're on their iPad, watching TV, they're kind of looking at two things in at night. So why wait until the next morning to respond to that email if you've got the ability and there's a team harmony that you can do that? Why not do it straight away? Which is where
1: artificial intelligence is going to come to its fore Yeah, because at a basic level it will provide almost anything you need in real time.
0: In real time. But it will also understand the message. Because the other thing that I constantly get frustrated with when I kind of go out and check on and look at recruits and things like that mm-hmm. as email inquiry goes out to see the time in response that we implement into our learning and development department to increase times um, is one of those things that if it's an autobot response and it does answers everything but the question you're asking that's a frustration so you've yeah, got to look gotcha. at those pain points as well for, for gotcha. I guess potential buyers
1: 100% what else next one is product knowledge and again we've talked about this but I still talk to agents and I say so and I often just test them, as you know, Troy. I kind of test them to, to really probe and see where they're at and to be a bit cheeky and to have reinforce the importance of product knowledge. So I'll often say to someone, so, you know, um, what GCI did you write last year? What What's the average price in your market? What's the five highest sales in your market? And again, I, I see too many blank stares. Mm. You, you need to know this stuff. You need to study your market, your business, your metrics, your customers' like a Harvard study. This is not about, oh, you know, there's kind of some investors and there's some owner-occupiers. Oh, there's a few people that are from China that buy in our market. You need statistics, man. You need to have detail. So when you stand in front of a client, you say, well, you know, 68% of properties in this market sell to someone that lives within 5 kilometres. So we're therefore going to channel a lot of our activity into social media targeting local people. 23% live elsewhere in Sydney or New South Wales, and, you know, 12%, what. Whatever, you need to know your stuff. And, and this is not just about data and metrics. This is about who's the local <coughs> owners of all the stores. Yeah. Uh, who are all the conveyances? And you need to know relationships. You need to know the history of an area. You need to know the heritage. You need to know the architectural styles. What makes them different? When was that house built? Um, who are the best designers, interior designers? So information is key, so don't just think you have to know what sold last week. You have to know everything. So, for me, and, and I was coaching one of our agents in in uh, Gold Coast yesterday via Skype or via Zoom actually, and I was just saying to her, you know, like, and she's newish to the industry and, and I think got superstar potential. But I said to her, you know, because she was saying, you know, sometimes people come in and they they kind of pick apart the fact that I don't have a lot of sales yet and I'm fairly new to the industry. And I said, you know. Incredible product knowledge will overcome that for most people. If they meet someone who's been in the market a month, but they have incredible depth of knowledge and expertise, they're not too worried. If they meet someone and they discover you've been in the market for six months and you're sketchy on your product knowledge, they're going to move on to the next agent. So that was the next one. Third skill was following through. Troy, no one in this industry follows through consistently, frequently, and long enough. So there's a there's a great study and it's a slide I haven't got in front of me but it talks about you know let's call it the numbers are roughly you know 84% of, of sales are made after the 6th contact. Yeah. And yet 90% of agents don't go beyond three contacts. So there's this big gap. No wonder some agents are super successful because if 90% of agents are like ringing you up, can we help you, ringing you up, are you sure we can't help you, ringing up you don't need any help and stopping Mm. they're kind of two or three contacts short of when the customer is ready to make a decision to buy or sell but let's say in a listing context so follow through you have to be to to follow through why would you not follow through you're not you don't think it's important i I can imagine most people should agree it's important you are disorganized that's probably the case for many you don't have a system of follow through whether it's a CRM system or in my day I used to have a 3x5 card box on my and I'd start at the front and then I'd make the call and then I'd put the right card at the that. back <laughs> and just work my way through. Yeah. So CRMs make that a lot easier today but whatever your system is, just keep it simple and keep consistent in a to-do list, follow-through list, pipeline seller list, all of those things. Uh, and of course same with with, um, with buyers, you know, following through, getting ready for an auction, ringing them up and people say, oh yeah, of course I'm good with my buyers. Well have you rung them, checked their finances in place? Do they need a pest and building report? Is there anything else they need? Having a face-to-face meeting. So following through, really critical. <clears throat> Next thing I had in terms of key skill was questioning and listening. Yep. Should be obvious. Two ears, one mouth. We need to ask a lot more questions and listen. Yep. Still, agents, I see, want to talk all the time. Whenever there's a blank space of, of, of non, on non-verbal, they jump in. So my view is you have to have great questions. And I think it's a skill, Troy. I think asking great questions is, is a skill. And, you know, whether you're with a top producer and you want to find out how they did it, or whether you're with a buyer and you're trying to understand exactly what are their needs, their motivations, mm-hmm. the concerns and fears, or a seller, same thing, you know, you need to be great in this industry or in any sales industry at asking questions and listening. And listening is not shutting up until it's your turn to speak. It's, it's watching the body language. It's listening for the audible cues. Sometimes someone, you know, them a question and they'll answer it in a way, but the vibration in their voice doesn't cons- isn't consistent with the words they use. Yeah. So you need to say, you know, I hear what you said there, Troy, but it kind of felt to me that you still might have some hesitation around this issue. Can I dig into that? Are, are you still uncomfortable with the auction method? Are you still uncomfortable with this? Um, and so you've got to unearth that tension and a lot of people say well yeah look I guess I am a little bit I'm still okay let's just let's address it because I don't want to go down any path that you're not comfortable with so let's just talk that through again um, so that's really important.
0: Is that a trained skill as well? Is that something you role play and practice totally. and understand and, and go and find out who asks the best questions? Do you go to a Parkinson or a Denton or someone like that that asks great questions so you can really get to understand yeah. people's needs and wants instead of just, like you said, hearing them to then answer the question instead of trying to listen and understand?
1: I, yes, I agree. I think it is. And I think almost everything in sales is a learned skill. Um, some people have perhaps slightly more charismatic vibration than others, but you can learn anything. Mm. Um, don't think whether, where you were born, you know what your surname is, where you went to school has any impact on your success. Your success is a matter of who you've become as a salesperson and the process that you apply daily to the sales process. So uh, I think listening and questioning and awareness, which is why I love these podcasts and why I listen to so many other podcasts, because things you raise the awareness. So all of a sudden now there's thousands of people hearing this and hopefully there's a little light globe saying, hey... I need to be a better listener. I need to be able to ask great questions. So therefore, you then embark upon it. The rest of it's pretty easy. Once you've got the awareness, you go to YouTube, how to ask great questions, how to be a better listener. You go to the internet, there's going to be books up at, you know, Kunakinu. If you're in Sydney, go to Kunakinu. There's going to be an aisle full of books about better listening and better questioning. Um, Next one was managing expectations. That's a skill. It's a skill most people I see in a sales environment aren't particularly good at. In real estate, it's critical. That's managing expectations on the upside and the downside. You need to be the calm voice of reason. So when it looks like things are going particularly well, you need to keep people's feet on the ground. Yep. When when it looks like things are kind of a bit of a train wreck, you need to keep someone's spirits up so they don't get negative and they don't start thinking, you know, oh my God, this is never gonna sell or whatever. So as an agent, you need to keep people in a steady state. So i give you an example, Troy. Um, 20 contracts out yep. on a property. Oh, it's so great, John, I've just rung the vendor. They're so excited, we've got 20 contracts out. The auctions this weekend, oh, this is gonna be a, amazing. And I say, okay, that's fantastic, but guess what? Last week you told me you had 14 auctions out, and yet you told me three bidders turned up to yeah. bid. Yeah. So is relaying that, now by the way, you, you, you never, don't tell the truth to a vendor, mm. but so, the way you say it. So I would say, Troy, look, I'm really satisfied that the marketing program has unearthed every prospective buyer in our market. We've had a lot of contracts taken. In fact, I think the number last count was 20, which is a really good result. Um, reality is, in my experience, is that 20 people taking contracts can sometimes be two turning up to bid. So I just want to keep everything in perspective. And I'm, by the way, I'm hoping and I'll be doing my damnedest to get every one of the 20 But my experience tells me that people have second thoughts, some people have got nowhere near the right budget, some people are just dreaming without the capability to fulfill the dream yet. Mm -hmm. So so I'm telling the same story, but I'm telling it in a tonality and a manner and using a set of words so people don't walk away from the meeting popping the champagne before we've even got to auction day, because that can only be bad. Now, if all 20 turn up and we sell it for 20% above reserve, I'm the first person to want to pop the champagne and celebrate. But experience tells me that's unlikely to happen. And if I don't manage your expectations, mentally, you're going off to a place where the market may not be at. Yeah. So managing... Same with buyers, by the way. You know, it's both sides of the equation. Uh, It's it's, it's almost everyone in your life. And that doesn't mean, oh, John's saying you've got to be a dampener. You've got to be the merchant of doom. No, it's not saying that. It just is saying that experience will tell us 20 auctions doesn't equal 20 bidders. Mm. Uh, now, we do it every day, so we, we have that experience to draw upon and then communicate. Someone sells every eight years doesn't have that experience. So they tell their spouse at home, and then they tell their colleague, oh, this is great, we're going to have 20 au- auction bidders, and all of a sudden you know, it turns out selling for reserve price, but not for 20% above reserve price. And rather than people being disappointed, people really should be delighted at a good result.
0: Mm. And if you're a buyer as well, if you replay that co- same conversation, there's 20 other contract holders. As a buyer, I'm so scared. Right, so it completely changes my motivation because I'm like, oh, you know what? There's 20 contract holders. They've under. I won't
1: even turn up. I'm going to get run over in the rush. It's going
0: to go 20% over the highest expectation. And then Troy,
1: I ring you on a Monday and I say, why didn't you come to the auction? We sold it for 1.2, and you say 1.2. I had 1.25. When you told me 20 auction bidders, I thought it was going to go for 1.6. 100%. So again, but how do we handle that? So in a real scenario, I'm saying, so Troy, there's been really good interest on this, as you'd imagine. It's a beautiful home in, I think, the best street in Darlinghurst. Mm -hmm. So you know, we're we're, we're really pleased with the response. Um, Having said that, someone's going to buy it, and they'll buy it at market value. And I think you're absolutely right in there with everyone as having a very strong chance of owning this on Saturday afternoon. So what I want to do is work with you and just check, do you have any concerns? Anything you need to do? Can I help you with anything? Get ready for the auction. How are you feeling about the auction? Uh, what is, are you excited? Or are you fearful? Get, test your pulse on yeah. where you're feeling because then I can help you through that process. So again, on, on both examples, and hopefully, because they were real, kind of, real theoretical examples, yeah. but, um, I hope that people get that, that this is not about... It's never about not having integrity. It's not about making someone feel negative before the auction. And I've I've heard the word, which we don't allow around our halls here at McGrath, conditioning. Yeah. Because for me, conditioning has negative intent. It's like, I probably told them a white lie to get the listing. Now I need to kind of tell them some white lies to get their expectation down. That's not what we're talking about. Mm. Everything needs to be dealt with integrity. So, second last one was closing. Old-fashioned word, old-fashioned term. Scares a lot of people, shouldn't. You can use gaining agreement. Mm -hmm. You can use uh, receiving the authority. But at the end of the day, (coughs) Troy, people are nervous about making any decision in life. Mm -hmm. Why? What if we make the wrong decision? What if we appoint the wrong agent? What if we buy the wrong house? What if we buy the wrong car? What What if we go to the wrong restaurant tonight? There's a whole range of things from small to large. As we're dealing in the large end of the range, you know, as, as agents, people buying and selling, so this is big, naturally there's going to be a hesitation. So at some point you need to provide people with all the information, the comfort, the confidence they need to make a decision. Mm. Even when you've done that though, Troy, they're still going to be hesitant. Of course. So I believe if I think I'm the best person for the job, and I'm gonna deal with integrity, and I think that I've got an incredibly good plan to maximize price for a seller, I really know that I'm the best person. So at the end of that, I'm gonna say, Troy, have we covered all of your questions? You know, we talked about maximizing price. Mm-hmm. Do you feel comfortable the plan I presented will be able to do that? We looked at a marketing plan. Is that within your budget, and are you confident that marketing plan will deliver the result we're both after? Is there anything about me representing the sale of your property that you would be uncomfortable? Now, I wouldn't ask these all one by one, by the way. No. I'd kind of ask them along the way, but at, at some point you want to try and put a bow around it and, and, and tie, tie a ribbon and say, okay, great, here we are. Yep. Would you like me to represent you? Because guess what, Troy, I'd love to represent you and I'd love to sell a property for you. It's, that, that shouldn't be an uncomfortable conversation. And just asking it doesn't guarantee you yes, but it guarantees you a far better chance of getting yes than saying, well, look, why don't you think about all that? Hopefully I've covered everything for you. Let me know when you're ready to make a decision. Because guess what? They are unlikely to be ready to make a decision until someone asks them to make a decision. decision. So
0: you may as well be the person. And I'm getting a sense, John, (coughs) it's not a drum roll waiting for that. Can we do business together? You just mentioned every step along the way. Checking in. I call it checking in. Checking in in. to make sure that they're comfortable with everything you've discussed, whether that be maximizing price, the method of sale, the marketing campaign, every step along that presentation that goes for 45 minutes to two hours, depending on the circumstances, who's in the room, you're making sure that every box is ticked that then you can have that easy conversation right at the end instead of going for the drum roll and let's do business right. together, sign here and I've got you for life kind of thing.
1: Exactly right, yep. Uh, and, but you have to unearth the tension and there's always tension. There's always something that someone's a bit uncomfortable with but they haven't told you. Yeah, There's almost always something like that. And unless you unearth it and kind of you know, dig for it in a respectful and careful way, because we're not out to bruise anyone, and we're not out to embarrass anyone. Mm. We're just kind of saying, look, it just feels like there might be something you're not comfortable with. I'd love to kind of know what that is, because I may be able to resolve it, and if I can't, I respect that.
0: Yeah, well, it goes back up to your previous point of, uh, you know, two ears and one mouth. It's yeah. listen to yeah. understand, instead of just hearing what they're saying to answer the question.
1: To get back on your, on on your pattern.
0: Back on the patter. Um, what's the final one, John? The last one is up? handling rejection. Yeah. So... If you
1: l- Let's just put some obvious things out there, but they may not be so obvious to people. If you want to become incredibly successful, there is going to be more rejection along the way than if you're actually going to be unsuccessful. That sounds paradoxical, but it's not. Mm. If I'm going to make 200 calls today prospecting to people, reality is statistics tell me 198 don't really need to speak to me. They're not going to be selling. So I'm going to get, in effect, 198 rejections. Yeah. If I'm unsuccessful and I don't want to prospect or I'm fearful of it, I make 10 calls. I'm only going to get nine, 10 rejections at worst. <laughs> yeah. So uh, along the way, so what you've got to do is kind of reframe rejection that this is just information. Either yeah. they need more information or they're giving me information. They're not ready yet. Or they need more information for me as to how to become ready sooner. Um, but whatever it is along the way you are going to receive rejection. So I believe a skill for today and moving forward if for a great agent wanting to become more and more successful is the ability to fall over, dust yourself off, get back up with with almost zero delay. Mm. M- most people, almost all people eventually get back up. Yeah. But I've seen people that for 3 months they have a bad quarter because they had three auctions passed in, they had three listings that went to someone else and they just go into a cave and they think, woe is me, my God, I'm not good enough, this is terrible, I must be a bad agent, the other agents out there are all better than me, I'm never gonna earn a living, they start catastrophizing. You say, no, I've been to three listing appointments, perhaps I need to reflect on those, why did I not get the business, so I'm gonna ring them up, or have my sales manager or principal ring them up. Um, I need to learn from that, so the fourth one, fifth and sixth ones I go to, I'm better. But reality is no one out there is better than me. I have the capability of growing a great business. So handling rejection is a skill. So if we just run through those. Energy and urgency was kind of the first one. Yep. Product knowledge, not just around values, but around everything, mm-hmm. community, everything, and life, product yep. knowledge. Three following through, really important, consistent um, process. Next one is questions and listening. This, you need to be expert at, at extracting information. Managing expectations, we spoke about, mm-hmm. closing the deal or gaining the authority to move forward and handling rejection. So what's that? One, seven. two, three, seven, seven tips. So seven real skills we hope our listeners will embrace, think about. I'm sure many people listening are expert on many of them. But if you have a weakness in any of them, really swat up on it because everyone needs to be, should be, can be. And nine out of ten, at least, in all those areas, if they put the work in. So, yeah.
0: And I think a lot of our listeners, John, will probably go back and replay that last bit of the summary of those seven key points to really make sure they are proficient in every one of those. And skills. let's help
1: them. Let's send to. Um, we'll send it to Judith. Judith so we'll go and on Susan. Tom's website. Put Susan. it up on Tom's website. Yep, That'd absolutely. be great. Cause, so, uh, so yeah, I think it's a nice, nice little mini list of, of things to swat up on. So we'll we'll send that uh, to um, to you guys to have a look at
0: yeah perfect guys we want to thank our sponsors again REA continuing to support million dollar agent Um, so much tools and access to information now John on REA the sold section where you can go through and get a full landscape of every single sale to develop that product knowledge that we just discussed also guys just a reminder ARIC is coming up ARICconference.com is where you need to go to purchase your tickets I'm told by the TRET team that sales are well and truly flying on the way flying out the door so they can't wait to
1: see Panos in all his good. Please don't <laughs> up miss... there entertaining the crowd. Please
0: don't miss these two days because I tell you what, every single person that goes to ARIC, especially this year, as with every other year, it's 21 years, you're going to get the skills and knowledge but tactical advantage over all your competition to go back into the marketplace and really deliver consistent results. Also, just a final mention, John, before we go, um, also we're running, this is the second last week of our competition to rate us five stars. There you go. I led the witness again oh, and write did. a review on iTunes. Guys, there's been so many. I think, John, at the end of the day, we're going to have to put them in a hat and draw them out because there is so much information there. That's just everyone's been so nice. So thank you, guys. Um, How many have we had? How many people rated? Uh, there's about 35 entries so far on that oh, list. Wow, so
1: yeah. that means if you rate today, you got a 1 in 36 chance there of winning a ticket, a
0: thousand dollar <laughs> plus ticket to Eric. It's a free. Ticket. I'm going to
1: put a few in myself, a few <laughs> self ratings, but they do say that self appraisal is no endorsement. So, all
0: right, guys, <laughs> thank you again to our sponsors REA, and we look forward to catching up with you. Back with Tom Panos. I think the Tigers are going to win this week, so hopefully he'll be back next week. (laughs) He won't be upset. That's why he couldn't make it. (laughs) We'll see you all again next week. See you everybody. Bye guys.